Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Steffi Reimer, lead designer of an exhibit, Braver Than Loneliness, that is at the Central Library up on the third floor. It's part of the Design TO Festival. Welcome, Steffi. Hi. Um, yes, I'm Steffi. I'm the lead designer for this exhibit that I worked on with a group for about eight months. And I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah. I. So tell me a little more about yourself. How did you, yeah, do you live in Richmond Hill? How did you come to uh, be, have an exhibit here in Richmond Hill? So I've been living in Toronto now, actually, mm-hmm. by the rib, by the water. So it's mm-hmm. really exciting to be here. But I'm originally from Mexico. So I'm a Mexican who came to Canada for her studies at the University of Waterloo a few years ago. And I've just stayed around. Okay. And I go back to Mexico a couple times a year. And I just applied to have this exhibit shown because I worked on this during the pandemic. Well, I didn't know it was a pandemic yet. This was 2020. We had just put it up uh, March 2020 and everything got shut down. So this exhibit never had any visitors. So. Okay. okay. So what is what are you studying? What is your background? Oh, that was a very interesting program that was in isn't for everyone, but it was ideal for me. It was called um, Knowledge Integration at the University of Waterloo. And it's a very interdisciplinary program, like an art science degree, sort of, um, where you design your own degree, you choose your courses, you basically have a basic education that they uh, planned for you. It's very heavily focused on group work, uh, collaboration, and big and problem solving. So I was in this phase where I didn't exactly know. I really liked design, but I felt I wanted something more meaningful. And I had done graphic design in Mexico. I liked it, but I wanted something more. And this was just an ideal space for me to have more exposure to different options. I came from this very small community in Mexico where I wasn't aware of all the opportunities out there. And this was just a great introduction for me to learn about all the options that I had of what I could do later in life. So it was just this specific program that uh, this specific project, I mean, the Braver Than Loneliness exhibit was one of the highlights for me mm-hmm. because I got to use all of my skills and basically show exactly what I like to do in life, which is very design heavy. I was the lead designer, but I worked with uh, psychology majors, I was initially not interested at all in this topic of loneliness. How do I design an exhibit? And it's supposed to be interactive. How do I design an exhibit on such an abstract topic? But then I just took it on as a challenge and we ended up with the highest score that was ever given on these museum exhibits. So the program has this museum course that every third year, there are about five to six museum exhibits and then they're just fully fleshed out museum exhibits that you work on for eight months uh, with the intention of honing several skills which is collaboration research and then 
displaying something to a general audience, which is what's part of the challenge. How do we find all this complicated research and then narrow it down to the most important information and then also writing it in a way that is accessible to a wider audience or a general audience? Um, so it was an ideal program for me. Okay, that sounds fascinating and interesting. I had no idea there was such a such a program. Are you finished now? Have you completed? Yeah, I finished a couple of years ago, and now I work as a freelance designer. Okay. So I applied for Design TO to have this exhibited, even though I don't have all of the same items that we used to have in the original exhibit, because future generations of the program have reused some of my uh, projects, which was really cool because I got to design one activity that had like this magnetic activity that would reset itself because if you're having a museum exhibit you want activities to be able to reset themselves easily so future visitors have the same experience as earlier visitors you don't want someone to complete an interactive activity and then the next visitor doesn't know how to keep going with this so that was part of the challenge how do you design something that can be reset easily after every visitor because you want the original visitor to see the activity, do the activity, and reset it themselves. So that was part of the highlight for me, figuring out all these design elements of how to create something interactive and auto-resettable. And okay. some of these activities have been repurposed for future groups. The, again, extremely interesting about that. Now, I do want to start, though, with design TO. I was asking one of my sons yesterday, did you, you know about design TO? No. So, and he lives in Toronto. So what is Design TO? Well, as far as I understand, I've only heard about it a year ago. It's this big festival that happens all over the city. So it's, I do not know who the organizers are, but there are just several opportunities for designers to have their work displayed. There are some product designers who actually have objects or furniture design all sorts of design. There is abstract, more artsy design. There is very functional design. It's just displayed all over the city. There are different businesses. For anyone who has some space for display, they can sign up to have this space displayed. And then designers also sign up to propose projects. And then what design to the organizers do is find a good match between designer and anyone who's offered a display place and that's how they get matched and in my case that was um the public that the public library in richmond hill mm -hmm. they reached out to me saying we read about your proposal for this project and we'd really like to have it posted here at the library and as someone who is fascinated by public libraries i was very excited about this not so excited about the commute because it's almost a two-hour commute to get there but I am very happy to have it there. It was a great experience working with the Public Library in Richmond Hill. Thank you for that. I am intrigued more about Design TO. Okay, um, so uh, I've said that the exhibit is in the special events room at the Central Library. Describe what you see when you get up to this space. So you actually have to know where to look for it because it will just look like the normal library space. And then when you get into this space, there's one corner with walls um, and you can see that it is excluded from the rest of the room. There is this partition. So you have this very private little corner 
with this title, Braver Than Loneliness, and you have no idea what it is until you walk in. Uh, and then there is an introductory paragraph uh, right at the entrance at the left where you can read about this exhibit and read about what it is. And there's basically this little tiny room within a room where you have lots of paragraphs and lots to read, lots to reflect on, lots to even interact with or write on, share your own thoughts in some section of this space. Okay. So th that is something, a different use of the space. I often go up there for different things. So uh, you've certainly transformed it. Okay. Um, in the library's program guide, it says that you have a fascination with the intricacies of group living. Please expand on that. I'm trying to remember why I was thinking about when we must have agreed or discussed this wording. But what I think I was referring to that as someone who comes from a very communal, closed environment in Mexico, living in a big city, it was a big change. And yet for me, living in a big city is a much, 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 much more quieter life. Back home, it is so busy. There's always something happening. There's never a day off. There's always someone randomly showing up. And I just find it very interesting how community has changed from small to bigger cities and how I have still been able to find some sort of community in the bigger cities. I've joined, I go to lots of public events and public libraries. I love public libraries. I also joined a urban sketchers group and that was a great way for me to have community with different age groups because I find that sad in big cities people they don't grow up with church, which is, I think, one of the main spaces where you in, where you relate with people from different age groups. Um, it is harder to find. And I found that through urban sketching groups. I recently found a group that does postcard writing or a letter writing group. We just meet once a month and we write letters for your own private people that you just get together to get it done. And I think that is it's just an incredible way of keeping community alive in a bigger city but I get to choose how much community I have which back home I do not have and I just have a lot of thoughts on this yeah how to yeah. find community in different cities that is interesting I could have a very long conversation with you because <laughs> I thought a lot about that as well it is interactive you've described how you go you think about things you can like how is it interactive in the original exhibit, there were more activities where you interact with the content itself. One previous activity that I was particularly fond of was there was this risk for mortality. There were different um, habits that increase your risk for mortality or just have such a negative impact on your health that you have a higher risk of dying earlier in life. And there were some of these activities where uh, habits were smoking, um, regular drinking, or drinking too much, or heart disease. Um, and then some of these activities were social isolation, like chronic social isolation. And you had, to, with magnets, you had to find which one you thought had a higher risk than others, and you had to compare them. And because the magnet, magnets were set in specific spaces, only the right area would connect the habit that you're trying to find a right place for and it was just a great way of thinking about just how damaging to your health it is to 
be socially isolated. Um, and another activity that we currently have on display is um, just different, different physical effects or risk it has to your body to be chronically socially isolated or feeling lonely because being isolated and lonely is not exactly the same. Uh, but when you're constantly feeling lonely, all the effects it can have on your body, actual physical effects. And then you can have little, we call it the flippy thing, where you flip these tabs to look at different parts of the body and how it affects you. Um, like there are memory loss that can happen with chronic feeling of loneliness. So you flip the tab of the brain and then you see the memory loss. Um, so that's how you can... I think for children, it's very interesting to flip these little tabs. There are other um, interactive pieces where you can write your experience in some section. You can read about what other people have shared with us. Um, and this short sort of storytelling and sharing of stories and experiences we consider to be sort of interactive, which isn't entirely we're teaching you something. You're just it's sort of like listening to a podcast, which is interactive, but in the reading form. Mm -hmm. It's not about I'm teaching you something. You're reading about stories. So you know, how do you define loneliness? And does it always have to be negative? No. And we had a long discussion, not discussion, just conversation about how do we define social isolation and loneliness and being alone? because they're all not the same. And loneliness specifically, we describe up this feeling of feeling like I do not have the social connection that I need. Mm. So being alone, we would not define as being bad or being socially isolated, like physically separated from other people. That is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but if you feel like you do not have the connections with people that you need in order to keep up your mental health then that is a damaging effect to your body and your well-being um but definitely being alone is not a bad thing or a lot of people experience a higher need for more alone time i'm one of those people i am very social but i also do need a lot of time to just de-people myself like for the past I was in Mexico for all of December and then I had visitors here in Toronto for over a week. And then I had a lot of projects where I had to go out and then I was drained. Yeah. I am still recovering from how drained I feel from so much many people. And that's what I meant with earlier as well with uh, social living in this city. I can now afford to be alone for a bit, mm -hmm. which if I'm back home in Mexico in my community, I would, could not afford to be alone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you about explaining the difference between being lonely in a log cabin versus lonely in downtown Toronto. And you sort of explained that by being in Mexico in one sense that, uh, yeah, yeah, different spaces uh, create different uh, reactions to being alone yeah. and, and lonely. So like, there are definitely people who are very lonely in this city who do not experience like I do not have this strong feeling of loneliness, but I know of people. We're constantly surrounded by people and still feel very, very lonely. Very lonely, yeah, yeah. So, uh, would you say the exhibit helps with loneliness or just has us think about it? 
And how do you think about it? We do have a section of strategies how to navigate with it, but I think what it primarily does is create conversation. And so this was interesting in this space that it's currently exhibited and it doesn't give itself that well for that much introspection. If I had a bigger space and I had all the walls, we had different areas to find where you come in, it's mostly you're alone. There was a darker room where you're invaded by all these sad stories of people who, ex who feel very lonely. And then, you get up into an open space where there is more space for conversation with others. Like when we opened up this exhibit in Richmond Hill a week ago, um, it was a great space for conversation with other people. The people who came to the opening, we just had half an hour to an hour of conversation of discussing how we experience it. And I think that is often the most useful I end up an exhibit that leads you to a lot of introspection because mm -hmm. if you just think about it, you could just become sad of how the state of the world is, how there are so many lonely people, but it is designed to be something you do go through yourself. So you're deeply reflecting all, all of the, all of these topics and ideas, but I find it most useful if at the end of it, or at some point you discuss these ideas with someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who should go to? It's not that kid friendly, but there are some activities that you can keep your kids entertained with while you read it if you're a parent, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I would say it was very interesting to have it exhibited at um, a university campus setting. Mm -hmm. So I think people who go to libraries are actually a pretty good group of people to look through it people who have the space for space staying quiet and reading mm -hmm. and because mostly especially on the top floor is very teenager and older or mm -hmm. young adults and older people yeah um yeah, yeah the kids are down also, below yeah <laughs> yeah yeah kids section is down in the first floor yeah i think 16 yeah. and up i don't think okay. or 17 and up i don't think the teenagers will especially find anything meaningful in it but okay so and i'm just uh would it be good for teachers uh people who are in the social services medical profession or um yeah young old uh, not like seniors i'm uh, just yeah one person who who's this he's actually a retired physician and he now works with his son, who's a researcher who specifically works on loneliness in men here at the University of Toronto. And he is a great person to go through it. And then he wanted to reach out to chat more about it, which I think is very helpful because I would love for this to become a bigger traveling exhibit. I think it is a very useful topic to have in different spaces. And yeah, especially those type of people you mentioned are, would be great people to connect with. And then we could develop it further because Right mm -hmm. now, it's just a small section of what it used to be. But it would be great to have people interested in that topic to help further the, or expand on it and make mm -hmm. it better. Okay, so it is not a static exhibit. Uh, it's on at the library until January 31st. Mm -hmm. Is it going somewhere else? Like, what happens to everything after that? Right. Currently, there is no future plans with it. It will go back to 
some of the items will go back to the University of Waterloo where other students use this as reference. But for me, ideally, I would like to find connections to make it a traveling exhibit or at least find a few more spaces mm-hmm. okay. to have these conversations in. Okay, well, good luck with that. I hope it happens. Uh, so what else are you working on? What is your next project? I'm currently working on an animation illustration project for it's called climate equity. Mm-hmm. So it's an interactive digital space that you deal with navigate with this entire topic of what is climate equity? How does climate change affect different regions differently? Um, so that is a very interesting piece that I still have many hours to pour into, but that's one of the bigger projects I'm working on currently. Whoa, you are not bored. Okay. So that's- I am not bored. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is fascinating. I want to hear how that turns out because that's certainly a subject that interests uh, me. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Stephanie? Um, I just like something funny. I'm actually going back to Richmond Hill because some of the uh, items fell because it's, anyway, (laughs) things don't always work out and that is okay. So if you go back today, by the time people listen to this, it won't be today anymore, but I'm going back every now and then. It would always be nice to chat. Yeah. People can always reach out to me. I think I'll leave my email with you. Okay. I'd love to talk about this to whoever is interested. There are a lot of people talking about loneliness. Uh, thankfully, I think it's a uh, an, a hot topic, an important topic that we, we do talk about. So I do end the podcast with guests' response to the same question. Name one thing you really like about this community. I said this many times that public libraries, I love them. Mm-hmm. And the librarian Annette at this uh, Richmond Hill branch is incredible. Mm -hmm. I appreciate your public spaces. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. I feel similarly. I've been really encouraging people to uh, be part of the library, that it's not just a place to borrow books. So thank you for saying that. Okay. So I'll add your email, um, the link to the, um, uh, what the library has to say about the exhibit. And please, uh, please stay in touch. Uh, This has been a really interesting conversation and you are a very interesting person. So thank you again, Steffi, uh, for taking the time to do this podcast. Thank you for organizing this and for inviting me. Thank you so much. It's great to meet you. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.